we've made it to the final season. It's been a ride to say the least, but Atlanta has been one of my favorite new series of this era. Can I say that? I guess. So the crew is back in Atlanta. All of you who weren't feeling the Euro trip can hush, finally. Overall, we're going to see continuing themes of how Earn, Paperboy, Darius, and Van readjust upon their return to Atlanta. Rather than recap up to this point, I want to provide some alternative insight on promotional artwork I noticed. Follow me here. It's visual design, so you know I'm interested in forever analyzing. So let's get into the cover art for each season. Season one gives Roa, instead of housewives just replaced up with homies. Peaches are in the mouths of Urn, Darius, and Paperboy. Simply put, they were hungry. The placement of the characters is spot on as they seem to be in order of how they appear in the season. And this trend kind of continues throughout, but this is like me reaching analytically. So continue to follow me here. Season two, blue, moody, from the inside looking out toward the rain. Their eyes are not obstructed by raindrops, which was very interesting. The foreground is more so in focus than the characters themselves. Remember, this was Robin season. Respectfully, everybody got ate up this season. The placement of characters is pretty balanced with no order of hierarchy per se. It looks even. This is where we had a lot of character development individually. Season three gives us the Afro-surrealistic vibe with the European landmarks in the background of the characters. To me, this is how the Europeans perceive the crew. Shout out to Aleem Smith. This artwork is really dope. The placement of the characters again, somewhat in order of features. The expressions of the characters is what stood out. Paperboy's putting on. He's in artist mode. Van has a look of wonderlust. She's the only one that's looking upward. Kind of lost. Urn looks worried and is looking towards Van and Paperboy. And Darius is Darius in his own world, per usual, with an inquisitive eye. Now, for season four, we get a hard radial gradient that just exudes heat to me. Each character has peaches over their eyes this time around, which signifies observation. The placement of the characters is closer than they've ever been positioned, which is a good sign. Welcome. You've made it this far beyond my art history dissertation and breakdown of the cover art of the series. Now I'm going to get into the episode. Episode one is called The Most Elena. We open at Target with Darius returning an air fryer he was gifted. During civil unrest, of course, because Darius would have it no other way. It's not phasing him as he's on a mission for this refund. Unfortunately, his journey is unsuccessful and he's stuck with the air fryer. When leaving Target, we get a re-imaging of the infamous Target woman in a wheelchair who gets sprayed with the fire extinguisher. See what happens when you don't mind your business? Scooter Lady ends up chasing Darius because she doesn't believe he wasn't looting. Atlanta traffic is horrible. Darius is able to meet Al back at the car at the same spot he was at. They have a discussion on rappers who grew up with passing. This was a very relatable scene. 
moments you realize how much time has truly passed and that occasional wake-up call you experience when death occurs. One of these days, we gotta talk about it. Ern has been in these streets. Ern and Van are shopping in Atlantic Station and hit up a cell phone store. Throughout their scenes, they continue to have encounters with lovers of the past popping up as they're shopping. Throughout the discussion, we get insight on where they are now in comparison to where they've been, noticing how small their world truly is. But you can't keep running away. What the hell is Zoo Pie? Al ends up going on a scavenger hunt via Bluebeard's lyrics. Bluebeard is a fictional rapper who is voiced by Earl Sweatshirt, who is a tribute to MF Doom. The journey ends in an event space where Al meets Bluebeard's, aka Gary's wife, Keisha, at his funeral that was a whole embedded marketing campaign from his album. This is kind of symbolic for Bluebeard's true and devoted fans actually taking the time out to follow his guidance in order to pull up. You know, more than the official sorry for your lost message. You don't always get back what you give. Keisha tells him he's the fifth person to show up. Mm. Just sad. After fleeing Atlantic Station, their exes and their past, Ern and Van end up lost in the parking garage. They can't find their car and bump into an ex from earlier in the episode, Kenya, who has apparently been lost there for years. Ern and Van end up popping up at the fume through a portal, I assume, from the garage. Kenya follows because clearly she needs help and has no idea where she's going. <laughs> the crew eventually meets up with Darius because timing, 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 timing. He's still reeling over the run and run-ins he's had with Scooter Lady and being followed despite him not stealing the air fryer. But, you know, persistence in bigotry is one thing. Here we learn that Kenya is not only Ern's ex, Al's also dealt with her. Darius non-consequentially gifts her the air fryer. And instead of getting a ride with the crew, Kenya opts for an Uber. And in one of the funniest implied scenes... Scooter Lady pulls up on Kenya, but in this scene, we don't get the visuals. We just get the sound and the cinematography that was fire. And scene. Episode two, the homeliest little horse. We open with a random white woman, we don't know, who is getting ready for her day and spying on her neighbors while listening to Vintage Sierra. She receives an email from a literary agent who wants to set up a meeting after reading her story. Mind you, this email was bare and plain as can be. Not a logo in sight for the company, but even more glaring, it doesn't even mention a company. Like, ma'am, it's all in the details, people. Just, yeah, come on now. The scene cuts to Ern on his way to his therapy appointment. Al calls for his help for setting his gamertag password that's connected to his AIM account. Shout out to AOL and Al's favorite movie in middle school, Mulan. What a time for Szechuan sauce. This was definitely back in 98. Al clowns earned for going to therapy. This is a jab at the stigma 
that's surrounded by therapy, which I get it. Therapy is not for everyone, but it is an option for anyone. Just keep that in mind. Ern is distracted yet engaged during his therapy session. He opens up eventually, and this is a testament to selecting healthcare workers who you feel comfortable with and that can relate to you. We still need to unpack thoroughly what happened to him at Princeton, but from what he tells the therapist, his co-RA or resident advisor, basically the assistants that serve as a leader when it comes to your residence hall when you're in college, dorm-wise, so... Think of a chaperone. Sasha, in a jealous rage, stole Ern's suits because he went to a party with another girl. Now, since Ern was an RA, he uses a master key to get it back, only to get jammed up in a trespassing scandal. In another moment of significance, we learn that Ern was abused by a family member, Derek adding to his overall trust issues and struggle with power. At this point, he battles with the goal of trying to prove everybody wrong while not seeming helpless. In another session with his therapist, he tells a story about Princeton wanting him to come participate in a panel, of course, because universities never stop using you. He decides to make it a family affair and plans to go to Sesame Place afterward. He encounters a white customer service rep at the airport who denies him checking in due to a damaged passport on a whole domestic flight, which was interesting to me considering people don't even have their real ID if she's bugging over a passport for a domestic trip. Anyway, Van spots a black customer service rep and she checks them in with no issue, even escorts them to the gate only to get jammed up by TSA at the gate because the woman they dealt with prior to snitched, ruining the entire trip. The way they weave in topical events that go viral on social is just great. It's amazing. So we end the therapy session with Erin proclamating that he has been therapized and he's done with therapy now. Cutting ties face to face because he isn't that cold-blooded. Allegedly. Back to Lisa, the white woman we were following in the beginning. She ends up having a meeting with the agent to secure the deal. She quits her job and the friend that she's telling is shocked, not believing she made the right move, saying without saying her writing is trash. So the literary agent sets up a test reading at a library for her story, The Homeliest Little Horse. She gets roasted by the kids. The publishing agent leaves. And soon after, the kids literally get up and leave. There's a camera crew of photographers in this moment to capture her grief and white tears, cutting to the footage running at Ern's rap party. This man hired actors because she ruined his family trip. Cold blooded. Ern needs to directly return to therapy because this level of petty is wild. A lot of homage was paid in these episodes. Nipsey, Doom, and Lil Keed. Respect for that. Definitely looking forward to what else is in store for this season. All in all, this was a dope premiere. I don't give ratings, but you pass by my books. I'm interested to hear your thoughts about the premiere and what you think about the return to Atlanta. 
engage with us. Tap into the Spotify app and check out the poll and Q&A sections. You can also leave your thoughts via Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, or verbalvibemode.com. Or feel free to leave us a voicemail using Anchor. All important links are in the description box. See you next week.